All right. So um, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about today, Michael, I read a fascinating article in the Wall Street Journal by Nicole Friedman. I like the Wall Street Journal a lot because um, I do think that when it comes to at least real estate, they do a pretty good job of just presenting the evidence and even presenting um, sort of arguments that people are making with that evidence without actually like necessarily coming out and trying to tell you what you know they think about it. Um, and the title of this article that I read, uh, let's see, was what's going on with the housing market? It's a great place to start. Um, we have been talking about what's going on with the housing market for you know a lot of different podcasts over the last several years that we've done. Um, but this specific market is a little bit different even than normal because typically what you'll see is that when people study the real estate market, usually everyone is aligned on the direction that it's going. Some people might just be a little bit more bullish than others, right? You know, so normally at the end of the year, you'll have a bunch of people come out and give predictions for the next year. And some will say, I think it'll grow by 20%. Others will say, no, I think it'll grow by 15%. Um, but what we're seeing is people are radically diverging on their views of what is actually going to happen with the housing market. And I'll read a um, just I'll read one paragraph that I think is indicative of why this is happening. She says, contradictory signals abound. Demand has tumbled, but the supply of homes is still low. Prices have fallen, but are still well above their pre-pandemic levels. Interest rates are sky high compared to the year ago, but well below where they stood in the decades when many older Americans bought their first homes. When prices are rising, people can't believe housing will ever go down. And then once prices fall, they can't believe it will ever go up, said Glenn Kelman, chief executive at real estate brokerage Redfin.corp. So what we see here is we have a bunch of contradictory uh, pieces of information. For instance, normally across all of economics, what happens when demand goes down? Normally, supply goes down too, right? But we're not seeing that in the current housing market. Demand has tumbled, right? I pre-approved some people last summer to buy a house and rates were at like two and a half percent. Today, they're at six and a half percent. And these people that wanted to buy a house last year are far less interested in buying a house right now than they were last year. Uh, demand has tumbled, but that does not mean that we all of a sudden have 50 houses on the market here in my little town that are, well, that are ready to be bought. That just hasn't followed suit. Normally it does, but there is not an oversupply of homes. Michael, what are you seeing out there in the wonderful world of Indiana? Yeah, so uh, November, we had a 27% uh, difference between year over year of uh, home sales, right? And then it was it was just under 20% in new listings um, where we had less than, you know, last year. As far as the listings year to date, um, you know, new listings, it was negative four over the whole year. Okay, so that's not as drastic. So we can kind of see, you know, we had so much at the beginning of the year that it tumbled down and that's that's where you can kind of see that uh, uh, that difference. But um, I think what we're going to have to talk about is um, just what does the nuts and bolts look like, you know, for people when uh, when people are making these predictions. Um, 
I don't know what all they're considering, right? Because, uh, sure, homes, home showings have decreased, but the number have. But I would say that I have different clients looking now, too. People that are looking now are dipping their toes into the investment side. And this is why I actually tend to disagree that the economy is going to just go really far uh, in a negative direction because I think there's so much um, pent-up demand that it it will take a while for it to chisel you know, away. I think we've discussed about just other other markets like cars, right? Like you, you discussed your $1,000 car buy that lasts you eight years and you, you, know, you can't do that now. Um, yet I was, I was just talking to one of my contractors about this today. He, he has a truck and it was, it's got 60,000 miles on it and, uh, it's like a 2016 and he said he paid over $45,000 for this thing. And I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. I mean, I could spend just a little bit more. Could I could double it and I'd get a far nicer brand new, you know, top of the, but for the used market, it still is high. Like the and and so I feel like homes are kind of similar, right? Like you have to kind of get into everybody's uh, life, not just say make a prediction about homes. So you have to look at like um, things on the shelf uh, at the grocery store. They're exponentially more expensive now. Like like 30, 40, 50 percent on on just everything, and then some things are double and triple the cost. So I feel like it's – I mean you have to kind of look at all of that and you have to say, okay, so your buyers who were four basis points different than last year, they're far less interested because what they thought they could buy last year and now is completely different. But it's just going to take a little bit of time before they see, hey, this is what it's going to cost. And then I think their their desire to want it will outweigh their desire to have to pay that – to not pay that much money for it. So I think that that would be my prediction overall is that um, we are probably going to see a slump for a little bit. But I, I can't imagine – even if we saw a 20% drop, it would be maybe for a short time you know, or a pocket. I don't think that it's going to be everybody yeah. is going to take a 20% bath. Yeah, no, I think it's interesting. I, you use a phrase there that I that I think is very instructive. You, you use the phrase pent up demand. Oh yeah, I coined that. Um, I, I I'd never heard it, but as soon as you said it, I 100% understood what you meant, right? Because I think a lot of times we think that um, you know, if, if in terms of economics, we think of everyone as almost like robots that automatically respond to stimuli. Right, like, hey, demand is is, or I'm sorry, supply is low, so therefore demand is automatically high, right? And then supply goes high, and then demand just automatically becomes low, right? But we have to remember that the consumer is also intelligent enough, or thinks he's intelligent enough, to look at things and make decisions whether or not they make sense with supply and demand, right? And I think what you see a, 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 a lot of people, at least a lot of people that I've spoken to, this is a very common sentiment. There are so many buyers out there that they want to buy a house and maybe they even need to buy a house um, in the next year, in the next two years. They would like to do it right now, but they are looking at it and they're like, man, I want to buy a house. I want to buy a house. 
it's just not the right time. I'm going to wait. I'm going to pause. I'm going to hold off. That's what we're seeing a lot. And for me, it's actually very encouraging that in the midst of, well, encouraging from one sense, not encouraging from another sense, but encouraging that in the midst of demands tumbling, we have not seen an oversupply of homes at the market. That would indicate something very problematic, very bad indeed, right? That's what we had in 2007, 2008. All of a sudden, demand tumbled, but you had a whole bunch of people that needed to sell their house and couldn't because demand tumbled. So then they lowered the price on their house and demand still wasn't there. And then they lowered the price on their house again and demand still wasn't there. And all of a sudden you have all these people underwater foreclosing on their houses. It was, it was a horrible um, point in our nations and even the world's history, right? As far from an economic standpoint. We haven't seen that, right? You have seen demand radically fall as interest rates have gotten higher because now the, the people that were looking at homes in the $300,000 range, they can only look at homes in the $200,000 range just because of interest rates. But that hasn't caused an oversupply of homes and that hasn't also caused homes to dramatically lower in value. Now, you have seen values taper off a little bit here. They are not increasing and appreciating at the same rate that they were 12 months ago. And to be honest, that's probably a good thing because those rates of appreciation were probably unsustainable. And I think you are seeing a bit of a market correction right now. But um, I mean, what do you think is going to happen to home values over here, here over the next three months, six months, a year? Yeah, so the, the thing that I look at is that um... – Let's say let's say that uh, you're right with with the homes you know not selling as quickly and people are, are dropping their price. People are comfortable where they're at. They're not forced to uh, give up their houses yet. So I would say that that's the reason you're not seeing the drop in the values is because they don't have to sell. Um, and the people, it's interesting. Like you know, we talked many times where people were dropping. Hundred, two hundred thousand dollars on top of their mortgage cash to buy the house. Well, that was happening at two and three percent interest rates. So most of the most of those people that were doing that, one, if they have that kind of money, it's likely they have solid jobs that they can, they, you know, they're going to be fine paying their their mortgage payment. So even if it goes down for a little bit, they're they're locked in. They're good. The people who this would be hurting are the people who have to sell. Uh, they were midway through a sale when this happened, right? And then they couldn't get the buyer to finish. And now they're like, well, I've already made this commitment. I've got to buy this house. And so they have to sell at a, at a reduced price um, and then buy at the higher price with the interest rate, not necessarily uh, money-wise, but long-term investment-wise. Um, so I think that's kind of why you see the standstill is because we have to buy groceries. We have to buy things that are costing way more money like gas and, and, and those kind of things that are, are, are everyday things, but we don't have to move. There's lots of people that, that, you know, it, who cares what happens out there? It's not coming in our, our doors, but the things that are coming in our doors are affecting. And if I feel like if those creep up a lot, then that will change the dynamic that will cause families to maybe miss a mortgage payment or two, which would then kind of, cause a, a tumble back to your robot thing though i kind of disagree a little bit i actually think that in as a whole people are programmed and 
in general, they, you know, not everybody, but there is a vast majority of the population that is controlled via what is put out through the media. And that's why for me, I was seeing all this, oh, market correction, market correction, it's terrible, it's terrible. And I'm like, nah, not really. And then all of a sudden, I did start seeing it, and then I started reading the, the, the news, and it's like, oh, well, the Fed is raising the rates. Of course it's changing now, but it wasn't back then. But because – so I feel like to, to go back to, to what you're saying, I feel like depending on what people let control their actions, that will also – determine where this rate where this goes right if if people are are listening to the realtors and their mortgage brokers they've got a positive outlook on life they'll go ahead and move forward with with purchasing if they are hey i've got lots of money in the in the uh merrill lynch and you know the uh um who who is the other uh golden sacks uh, we've got you know money with them uh and and they're advising us then yeah i'm gonna stick away from real estate because they're telling me so i feel like depending on where you're getting your information from and, and that's where um, you're going to head. I feel like most news media and most news outlets are going to tout the negative right now. Um, that's what the government's doing that. I feel like that's where most people are getting their information from is, is that. So I feel like it will be a negative um, from that sense. But so far I've not seen any like crazy thing that I would agree with because uh, the 20%, I mean, it, it, most people are going to go from a hundred thousand, 20% would be to 80,000. They're going to, they're going to go to 95 and then they're going to go to 93. And then someone's going to see it at 93 and they're like, Oh, once it gets to 90, I'm jumping in on it. Right. So, so that's only a 10% drop before, you know, all these people, the pent up demand jump on the, on, on board. I don't think, um, it will drop 20%. I, I just don't. So, yeah, no, it's it's interesting. So so it, later in the same article, it talks about again the, the contradictory pieces of information. So KPMG and Goldman Sachs, uh, two very reputable agencies, right? KPMG in auditing and consulting and accounting. Goldman Sachs, big player on Wall Street. KPMG thinks that home prices are going to fall twenty percent next year. Goldman Sachs thinks they're going to fall almost eight percent. Meanwhile. The National Association of Realtors thinks that prices are still going to go up by about 1.2%. Now, this is lower than the normal rate of inflation depreciation of moms. So this is still, you know, a, a, a depressed value at, um, according to normal. But the Mortgage Bankers Association also thinks that they're going to go up by, by about 0.7%, right? So you got KPMG and Goldman Sachs calling for huge returns, huge crashes in the home value market. You've got realtors and bankers who don't want the home market, the, the housing market to collapse. They think that we're going to see, you know, more modest appreciation. And, you know, when you and I were talking about this earlier, like normally opinions are not this divergent on, you know, just projections of the housing market. And why are they so divergent? It's because one group is looking at like certain things and making uh, extrapolations based off of that side of the data. The other group is looking at the other side, right? Realtors and bankers are looking at the housing supply. It's the housing supply. It has almost never happened in history where supply was low and home values also tanked. That just doesn't happen, right? So if the housing supply is low, values should stay at least pretty close to stable. But Goldman Sachs and KPMG are looking at how low the demand is in general. 
and uh, also at interest rates. And they're like, we don't think it's possible for values, you know, to stay where they are. And I think, you know, one, one of the other things that I, I was kind of just like thinking about as you were talking, I think there's a sense too where I think the consumer, the home buyer in this case, is actually starting to be a little bit more comfortable being uncomfortable, if that makes sense, right? Um, for instance, I had a, a, a buyer of mine sell their house in August and they were buying a new house that they were going to move in simultaneously, right? They sold their house quite quickly. The house that they were going to buy, inspection came back terribly. They ended up having to back out of that house. They are now living with their parents. They had been living with their parents. They've got two kids. They've been living with their parents since the end of August, right? Normally, normally, this type of consumer would be so stressed out by this and so ready to make a move that what do they do? They usually wind up buying something that maybe isn't what they super loved, but they just got to buy something, right? You got to get out of the house of mom and dad. Yeah. And these clients of mine, they're like, man, this is tough. This is hard. We hate it. We got to get out of this house. But we're not going to jump to make a foolish financial decision. Rates are high. There's not a lot of homes out there. We're going to wait for our home to, to become available. And if we have to live with mom and dad for a year, so be it, right? But this, this doesn't normally happen, right? I, I think we have a different type of consumer right now. It's just like, a, like they're, they're going to the grocery store and they see that everything's more expensive. So what do you do? You just suck it up and you buy it and you're like, well, this is, this is lame. I guess I can't go out to Chick-fil-A as many times this week. Yeah. I don't have as much money. Like I just have to adjust. I think people are just thinking, oh, well, I, just, I guess I just have to adjust. This is just the new normal. We're just going to have to wait. There's like a weird, like they are, I don't know if it's necessarily patience, but it's almost like they're just resolved. They're like, well, everything's bad. So we'll just have to wait until it gets better. And that's kind of, it's leading to what you're talking about, this pent up demand. I personally believe the demand is still there. It's just like, it's not, for whatever reason, it hasn't led to people hitting the house market this weekend to put an offer on seven homes because they're just kind of waiting it out. That's that's my point, exactly, is I feel like people, they're, they're ju they just have to get to where they understand that this is the new normal. Like they, they I don't, that's why I don't think it's going to crash because those people eventually they're going to, they're going to see that hundred thousand dollar house go to 97 to 95 to 93. And then they're going to jump on it at 90. Like, because they're like, Hey man, it's, you know, if we don't, someone else will, there's the, there's always the FOMO. And so, uh, fear of missing out. And so I feel like that is, if you need to take that, um, <laughs> I love doing that. One, one of the, uh, I think my favorite, my favorite Apple feature is when it tells you it's potential spam. I love it. That's like the greatest, the greatest thing ever. Yeah. You get seven of those a day. And yeah. I thought I had silenced my notifications. I'm sorry, brother. No. Get back to your point, which you were making, which is very good. It's all right. I actually, uh, I enjoy that. The only thing I wish they would make a little bit better is that it still rings. 
And so because of who I am, I still go to my phone to look and I look and I'm like, I wish it would have just blocked it. I almost wish they would they would block all calls for the first ring just so it could it could just scan everything and then I wouldn't have to worry about it. Um, so no, I, yeah, anyway, it's great. Um, and it's real life. So the, uh, the thing is, I feel that people, they just have to get to the understanding and the quicker they do it, the better. I actually, you know, it is what it is with, with your, with your story there, but I mean, I just don't see it coming down and I might be wrong. I, I might have, you know, pull the trigger too early and be those folks and buy a house you know, too soon. But I think people are comfortable enough. The interest rates were low. Cash we know was high, right? Like we were doing loans and they were, people were like, here's a hundred thousand over asking. Here's 200,000 over asking. Like cash is like, so like full in, in these people's coffers that it's like, they don't have to go anywhere. So what are you waiting for? Because most people are fine. They're comfortable. So you just need to suck it up like you do at the grocery store. You need to suck it up and move forward on the house. Eventually, the rates will come back down and then you can refi. You know, it, it's it's literally just that simple, in my opinion. Um, you know, when you, when you see rental rates going up, everything is going up except for values of homes. But you don't have to sell the home. So therefore, I feel like everything else can go up. And even if the, the housing goes dips a little bit, it's still going to go back up because it's not going to ever come back down. Do you ever think you're going to be able to buy a thousand dollar car again? Likely not. But why do you think you're going to be able to, to get the house that you thought you could at 10 years ago price? You can't, you're, you're not going to. No, I, I totally agree. And, and there, it's, it's, it's not just the house value that they have to readjust their expectations on. It's also the interest rates. And that's one of the things I'm trying to, to get across the, the minds of my buyers. Like, look, rates in the twos are fake. I mean, I know they actually were real for six months, but those aren't real in general. You you cannot, if you if you sit here and say, John, I'm gonna wait until rates are back down to the twos and threes to buy a house, the answer might actually be, oh, then you'll never buy a house. It's like, we might not ever see rates in twos again. Yeah. I would be shocked if we saw rates in twos ever again. Threes, maybe we might get down to like a three nine nine again. But historically, rates in the fours are very good, and rates in the fives and sixes are normal. Rates in the sevens, like they were two months ago, those were a little bit high. I get why people were a little bit concerned, but now that they're back down in the low sixes, we're in the fives on government loans. Like this is normal. So, yeah. So don't don't be upset that your buddy bought a house a year ago and, and has a two seven nine, right? You can't get that anywhere. That doesn't exist. Yeah. Right? Like just like your one friend that randomly saw a unicorn one time. Like I'm sorry, you're not going to see one. It doesn't exist unless you're watching My Little Pony with your daughter. Yeah. So you know, like that's there's there's a there's an aspect here where I do think we need to do better education. But it's, this this is what listen we're talking about, right? The media sees this. They know that rates in the twos and threes are fake. But what sells more clicks? Right? Rates are at seven, the highest they've been since yeah. blah, 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 blah. Like, yes. Look further, though. Look over the last 20 years. Look over the last 30 years. Rates in the sixes aren't bad, right? I wish they were the twos and threes also. I had a house. I, I moved this year, right? I was in a two. I was in a two-something on my old house. And when I bought, I had to get into a four and a half, right? And now, like, I was like, really disappointed to be in a four and a half. But I'm like, wow, that four and a half. 
I might be in that forever, right? That's actually pretty decent, yeah. right? Um, but we just have to do a better job saying, yes, here's the data, but what does it mean really? And, you know, Mr. Barber, what should your expectations actually be you yeah. know, for a house payment, for what you're going to pay total for a house, all of those things? Yep. Yeah, I think I think that's like exactly spot on is just education. And it's hard for most people, I think, because um, it's a guess, right? Most realtors feel that they can't. I would actually, I don't know if I would say most realtors, because to be honest, I actually wouldn't, I wouldn't put everyone in this category. I think most would probably make the jump and they're going to have their own opinion. Um, but I would say there's a lot of people that would look at the sacks and, and uh, they would look at their, 20% forecast or whatever. And they would say, Oh, well, you know, those people are smarter than me. They've got a whole team of uh, economists. So we're just going to agree with them. Um, and then you have the other people who would look at the NAR data and say, well, you know, they've got a team of people. And, but I've just found, um, just look and talk to people and see where they're at. And, and that will give you a better feel. And at the end of the day, that's all that matters, right? Like, you don't really care that much about what's going on in Timbuktu if if you live in Ohio, right? Like you, you, you want to care about what your what your sphere is doing, and and then cater to those people. And I would say, you know, like I said, the, the I gave you our numbers for here here locally and in, in the the Mybor area. Um, they they did say that the uh, they feel like inflation has peaked and that the Federal Reserve will uh, begin to slow its pace of. Um, doing the rate increases and stuff, but, um, it's still going to go up a little bit because I still think that they want to make sure that they want to make sure that this doesn't keep going, uh, in a, in a positive way. They say it's negative, but, um, the, the, the government is literally doing this on purpose to slow the purchasing. So. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's important to look at the data, data, however you want to say it. I say it differently every time. It's important to look at the data. But like, you have to look at all of the data. Yeah. Right. So like, okay, let's say that KPMG is right. That housing uh, prices will fall twenty percent this year. You know what that means will have happened to what? the house from two thousand twenty to two thousand twenty-three. Say the same. It would have still increased by like twenty-five percent. Oh, because sure. Because between twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty-two. House prices rose about forty-five percent. Yeah, right. So it's like, and that's that's where like you need to remember, buying a house is not supposed to be a one-year, three-year, five-year financial decision. Buying a house is a decision that you make with the, with the idea, with the objective that over the long run. This is going to be a sound financial choice, right? And you know what else happened um, while prices on houses did what they've done? What happened to prices of rent? Rents have soared, yeah. right? So it's not like, oh man, uh, you know, house prices have gone up and interest rates are higher. So you know what? I'm just going to stay in my low $400 a month rent like that doesn't exist for most people either you know i was talking to someone just today right talking to someone just today they started renting this place three years ago they got in at 800 then it went up to a thousand now it's 1250 and they're like i i might as well just buy a house i'm like yeah 
You might as well just buy a house, right? And it's just something I, I, I joke around and say to my borrowers all the time. It is true, right? You know what? What's the interest rate on rent? A hundred percent, right? The interest rate on renting is a hundred percent. So you can get an interest rate of six and a half on this house and pay way less than a hundred percent, which is what you're paying on rent. So you know, it's just like, you gotta look at all the information. Right? So like, yes, house prices are higher. That doesn't mean you're saving money to rent, right? It might mean that you're actually throwing even more money away to rent on, you know, on that little apartment or that condo or wherever you're living. So just like put all the, all the information together. Um, you know, there is conflicting information. It's tough to know what's going to happen. You know, I read this article. There, there's like this, there's this annoying new thing on the internet. Um, have you ever been trying to like search, like maybe you need a new camera or you need new headphones or you need new, new something and you like type in like, I was just doing this today, right? Um, I like swimming and I like listening to podcasts and audiobooks. And you know what would be awesome is if I could swim while listening to podcasts and audiobooks. Well, you can do this. They have waterproof headphones. So what did I do? I typed in best waterproof headphones on the market, right? And it's so infuriating because like the first four articles I read, they didn't actually tell me which ones were the best. They just listed them all out. They're like, these are good for this and these are good for that, but they don't actually want to say like, Bose makes the best one because they don't want to annoy the other three people that yeah. they that they talked about. Yeah. Like, Dude, just tell me something. Just 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 make a decision. <laughs> just uh, just uh, um just 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 point me in a direction, right? And nobody wants to do that. And as I read this article, right? Um on the one hand, I appreciate the neutrality, the objective nature with which um with which the author Nicole Friedman wrote this article. But he never comes out and says, after looking at all the data, I think it's going to go this direction or this direction. Everyone's scared to actually do that. I'm going to put you on the spot. After looking at all the data, what do you think is really going to happen in the housing market in 2023? Oh, yeah. I, I definitely think there's going to be ups and downs individually. I, I'm, not, I'm not intelligent enough, I don't think, to say you know what it will do. So just going to be a guess. I, I think anybody, I mean, that's why, that's actually why it is. Everyone's guessing because they don't know. Um, so my guess is that it will dip, but it will not sink. Um, you know, I, I get a lot of my, um, well, I get all of, all of my guidance from, from the Bible, right? So uh, I believe we're towards the end of time. And uh, it says that in the end, that it will be like the days of Lot and Noah. And it gives all these things. And most people are like, oh, there's like people are bad and like people are scary and like there's all this wicked and violence. What also says that they'll be building houses. So there's also like a sense uh, when, when you look at the, there's not a lot written about those two places, but when you do, they were building houses. And I think um, it wasn't long ago we were saying about how much shorter we are on, on the housing. And I believe with all my heart, we're towards the end of time. I believe that there will be building homes all the way up to the very end. And I feel like um, people are 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 going to have to go through it. It's going to take a minute for people to kind of process. I don't think it's going to crash. Um, so you know, I don't know. I don't. I can't tell you a percentage. You know, but someone might lose money from what they thought they could sell it for. I highly doubt anybody will lose money actually 
from when they purchased it, unless they purchased it, and I would say within the last 12, 18 months. That's that's how strong I think the market is, is that um, unless they purchased it within the last year, year and a half, they're not going to lose money on their home. Um, and I, I certainly would say that I just feel like the house, housing is going to, to continue to be um, uh, a, a, a good investment, right? People move every five yeah. years typically, right? So so they're always, you know, if you have the mindset, like you said, like, oh, I'm going to buy a house and four years later, I'm going to, you know, triple my money. No, that's not the right way to go about it. I feel like uh, this is something I wanted to, to touch on. The prices of things are going up substantially, percentage-wise. We just talked about 20%, you know, year over year. And then why we thought that that was a problem was people's income wasn't going up 20% or 30% or 50%. But if you back up just a little bit, there are lots of people whose income did double, right? I mean, that's what we were trying to say. I don't know about you. We as in people that – and I, I, I mean I don't have a voice online or anything like that. But, but when I would talk to people, I would say, really? Do you really think McDonald's should raise their minimum wage? Do you really think that, that you should pay – like Amazon workers should make – like no. Like those are stair-step positions. You aren't supposed to make – a living for an entire household on those kind of jobs. Those jobs were made for high schoolers. So the problem with that is when those companies doubled what they're paying their employees, right? Then those employees or then, then the products that you would buy. So just a simple sandwich went from, you know, 50 cents or whatever to, to $2 just so, I mean, it all trickles down. So of course that there's going to be problems. And I feel like if, if people really wanted to dig in and look at that, they would see that that's a big problem of why we had such big inflation is because people were throwing fits that they weren't making enough money at that at that position that they those aren't those positions were supposed to to take you to the next step you were supposed to to do the next thing and not you know build an entire world on on that income it it was never meant to be that way so I don't know what are your thoughts on that yeah I, mean, I think um, I think if you bought a house in the last nine months and you need to sell it next year you're probably in trouble but um most people aren't going to be in that position that's a pretty rare position to be that you right. bought a house last year you have to buy another one this year right um if you bought that same house two years ago you will make money on your house you can sell it next year three years ago you'll make money on your house you can sell it next year yeah so if if, if uh i mean it, it's probably not going to be the best market for flippers for investors, you know, that purchase, you know, in the last six, nine months. Um, but like, if they hold on to it, instead of flipping it after a year, if they flip it after two or three years, you know, 2020, late 2023, coming into 2024, they probably will make more money. They're just going to have to hold on to it a little bit more. And I think, I think what's going to happen is I think that house values are going to dip at the beginning of 2023. But then I think they're going to go back up at the end of 2023 because there's going to be a certain point when rates go back down. They're not going to go back down to two and three, but they're going to go down enough that I think we are going to see a flood of buyers come back to the market. People that have wanted to buy a house for the last year, maybe even the last two years. I mean, I, I, I'm working with people that tried to buy a house all spring 
they put offers in on eight houses and the market was so competitive they lost all of them right and then rates got up and they got deflated but you have a whole bunch of people that have wanted to buy a house for a year plus now mm -hmm. and then you know come june of next year you're gonna have people that have been trying to buy a house for two years rates are gonna go down enough so you're gonna have a whole bunch of people flood the market and in less demand or i'm sorry less supply is fixed you are going to start seeing 20 offers on houses again and what's that going to do to the values it's going to creep them back up so that's what i think is going to happen uh you know january february march probably going to you know if you're tracking your house on zillow and, and looking at your zestimate which is always super accurate right? <laughs> you're probably going to see that trickle down over the next three four months yeah but i think come next june um i think the net you know if you if you measure this next march but then you measure it next December, they're going to have dramatically different figures and numbers. Yeah, that's what I think. Um, that's personally what I think is going to happen next year. You know, I, for for all my buddies and I in mortgages, we are trying to prepare for things to stay lean here for the next few months. But we really do believe if we can, you know, just get through these next couple months of you know uh, lower applications, you know, less fewer buyers, not less fewer fewer buyers on the market if we can just make it through we think you know come april may there's going to be a huge room if we can just make it there you know we'll, we'll we think we're going to do all right and if we're if we don't we're all in trouble but that's but that's another to, to, yeah to your point though i mean that's that's the whole thing like if we could just make it through but what are we waiting for what is that it's because it's all a mindset that's literally what we're waiting for is we're, we're literally just waiting for people for it to click in their mind. One, I'm tired of living with mom and dad, you know, or two, it is what it is. We're not going to make the hundred thousand dollars that we thought we'd do and we sold. So we're just going to buy like, it's literally just that. I agree. I think, um, you know, I, I was thinking it might happen a little sooner just for the simple fact of like thawing out seems to bring people, you know, so like springtime, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. I think it's going to dip and then go right back up. Um, just because it is what it is. People are, are, are they don't have, they don't have to sell. So, yeah. um, yeah, it's good stuff, man. I mean, I'm excited to see it one way or the other. I mean, I, I don't, if it crashes, it crashes. There's nothing you can do about it anyway. Right. So it's just, I'm along for the ride. Um, I'm certainly not going to say anything. It. I'm not, yeah, I'm not going to say anything with authority. Cause I don't, I think anybody who does, they, they're just guessing anyway. Um, Agreed. but I, I appreciate your thoughts on it. I appreciate your, uh, estimates and, uh, your gestimates. So, um, I think that we could wrap it up. I mean, uh, you always end up with a, a positive note, uh, for us. So do you have one for us today? Oh man, positive note, but everything has been so negative recently. I don't know if I have anything positive. Um, yeah, I mean, this is a, a silly one, but I love soccer and the World Cup has been awesome. And I have really been enjoying working the last couple of weeks with the World Cup on in the background. Um, this morning, Brazil, who is the most talented team in the tournament, played against Croatia, who is probably the savviest team in the tournament. And Brazil should have won. They had way more chances. Neymar had one of the best goals I've ever seen. And they were up 1-0 late into the second overtime when Croatia battled back and equalized. And then Croatia beat them in a shootout. Huh. And it was just a very cool instance of a team just, you know, 
working really hard and just they had a game plan and they executed it well. And I'm actually sad to see Brazil go home because they're so much fun to watch. But uh, hey, you know, even sometimes when you're playing against Brazil, you can win if you uh, if you can, uh, you know, just get get a couple of breaks to come your way and you just keep, keep playing hard. So that was cool to see Croatia do that today. And Luka Modric, one of my favorite players ever, uh, it was fun to see him get the W. Good stuff. All right. Well, thanks, John. Until next time, we'll see you later. Sounds good.